being so connected to her truth and standing in her truth, no matter what the outside world says. I feel like that is my definition of what a woman embodied in her power is, because from that place, you can go anywhere. And anything that comes forward to you in your life experience, if you are connected with your truth, your spirit, you know, universe, whatever you believe in, the bigger power, like you can take any of those things on, but you're also in the knowing that they are for you. And you're also in the trust that whatever happens, it is always for the highest of good and that you have exactly what you need to move through it. Hello, beautiful women. And welcome to the Claimed Podcast. I'm Anna Rova, your host. And let me tell you a little bit about myself if you're new to the podcast. I'm a femininity and feminine embodiment coach. And I run a very powerful program for single successful women who want to attract and keep committed masculine men. Or women who are already in relationships but want to change that feminine masculine polarity in their relationship. Hello, beautiful ladies, and welcome to Claim Podcast. Today, I come to you with an amazing episode with a great guest. Her name is Julianne Vicara. She's coming to us all the way from Denver, Colorado. She's a holistic health and life coach, somatic sexologist and podcaster. For over seven years, she's been helping women reach their goals by having them look within themselves. Her program, dubbed Goddess Reclamation, is all about helping women realize their feminine power through self-reflection, mindfulness, healthy eating practices, and pleasure. By combining her background in integrative nutrition, somatic sexology, not psychology, sexology, and personal life experiences, Julianne helps her clients become more comfortable in their own skin. So I actually tell you the story on the on the interview, how I came to find uh, Julianne and her work, and I'm absolutely obsessed with her Instagram because this woman is uh, on top, on fire in her feminine true power. That's what I call feminine true power. And I really admire her for who she is and her story. So in the podcast, we'll first dive into a few interesting questions. She shares with us her inspiration of femininity. And what was the question? Oh, yeah, I asked her, who is the person you'd like to have dinner with, dead or alive? And she says, the Egyptian goddess called Isis. I was like, wow, that girl knows things. So listen to that. That was really cool. And then we'll dive into her story. She has an amazing story. She was an ex-bodybuilder. And just she walks us through some of the biggest milestones in her life in terms of adrenal fatigue and how she went on like fitness and yoga coaching and bodybuilding and all of that. And extreme perfectionism, realizing that, you know, she's come to the point of burnout and rigidity and a lot of structure, asking herself the question, who are you and what are you doing this for? Ended up in abusive relationships, substance abuse, pregnancy and sexual trauma, which was quite a serious thing, obviously. And so all of that led her to the question, how does a woman look in her power? What does that mean? So she went on a whole journey of exploring that, craving to just be enough um, through nutrition and movement. And thus, that led her to sexuality, which is the strongest energy we have available to us. And she says that, you know, if women and the whole world healed that, we would achieve total freedom, which is 
Absolutely true. And so we talk about, you know, getting rid of the noise and some practical things we can do to step into our own power and why our power lies in our pussy. I mean, I'm not big on this like, oh, divine feminine pussy, you know, like I like that stuff, but that's not really my style. But we talk about it on the podcast in a very practical way, you know, why self-pleasure is important, why you should put your pleasure first, the, the difference between your know, sensuality and sexuality. And some practical things, you know, like nature and stillness and dancing, being with yourself and releasing, working with a lot of shame around that. And yeah, the vagina brain connect, which was really interesting. So she says, turn on your vagina and open your legs to the world. So if you come with nothing out of this episode, this is what you should come with. You need to open your legs to the world and turn on your vagina. And I love what she says, a woman in her power is ungovernable. I definitely am ungovernable. I don't know about you, but ungovernable in a feminine way, not in a masculine way. And so stay until the end because she's going to recommend to us two amazing books that totally transformed and shifted her life. So ladies, uh, enjoy and I'll talk to you at the end. All right, claim podcast listeners. My podcast was called Girl Skill before and at the time of this recording, I'm like, claim, welcome to claim podcast, which is a bit strange because I'm not used to saying that, but... Everyone, welcome to the Claim Podcast. And today I have with me, oh my God, I don't even know how to describe you, Julianne. I guess like a force of nature <laughs> who's coming to us from Denver, Colorado. Julianne Vaccaro, welcome to the Claim Podcast. Thank you so much. I love the I love the introduction. I'm so honored and excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so I actually came, uh, I'll tell you how I came to find your work. I am currently in my business and in my you know personal growth journey, but mostly in my business, I came to the place and to the realization in my life that my abundance and my power and the wealth and, you know, the true connection to who I am and my power, I suppose, is all connected to my pleasure and my sexuality. Mm. And so this is something that it just came to me naturally, you know, when the more I dropped into that. And so I'm currently in search or looking for different, I suppose, you know, women mentors and women who do this kind of work um, just to get to know them, what this is all about. Because it was fascinating for me to realize that. And, you know, I do, I do a lot of embodiment work just like you, Julianne, but I think you call it more like somatic uh, work, mm-hmm. which is pretty much the same with just different names. And, um, yeah, so I posted one of my mastermind groups and um, a girlfriend of mine said, oh, look at this woman, uh, look at Julianne. And I <laughs> opened your Instagram account and I was like, whoa, just from the pictures, you know, by the way you hold yourself, by the way you talk about your sexuality, your body, and then I realized we're very much aligned in terms of the message you do. Your work is a little bit different from mine, but very much aligned with the message of, you know, embody your feminine power, not bashing men and just really... Yeah, you get it. You know, I mean, I get it. You get it. So I was like, yeah, let's connect you again and uh, talk about this. It's a very important subject and I love what you're doing. And um, I'm going to be on your podcast as well. So that's exciting. So this is like an introduction to what I know about you and how I came to find you. And before we jump into your story, because you have a fascinating story, like you've been, an, you're an ex-bodybuilder, which is like, what? <laughs> you've been, you know, the women that I work with are like successful, power-driven, ambitious women in the corporate world. And they're like, they are very masculine in themselves in terms of how they hold themselves. You know, it's all about mm-hmm. achievement and success and go, go, go. But like when I imagine a bodybuilder woman, I'm like, I don't want to mess with her. I'm going the other way. <laughs> so that's like, to me, 
you know, almost the, the extreme of, of masculine energy in a way, especially for a woman. So I'm very curious about your journey, how you shifted from that into embodying your divine feminine. And what I love about you, Julianne, is you also portray, because I think a lot of women today, when we talk about femininity and feminine power, a lot of women have this negative connotation to it. A lot of women ask me, oh, does this mean I need to be in the kitchen and like, you know, change diapers and be submissive to my husband? I'm like, fuck no. Like, I don't want that. And so when I look at you, I'm like, this is a woman who knows herself, like who embodies her power as a woman, doesn't want to be a man and really knows what she's doing. So I think this is going to be great. So thank you so much, Julianne, for coming. Now, let me ask you a few questions to break the ice here before we dive into your journey. So Julianne, I'm really curious. Who is one person, dead or alive, that you'd like to have dinner with? Hmm. One person, dead or alive. Such a good question. <laughs> oh, the, fir- <laughs> the first thing that comes to mind is, is Isis from the Egyptian lineage. <laughs> oh, who's that? Is that a goddess? Yes, yes. Okay, why is that? Why do you want to have dinner with her? Yeah, well, the Egyptian lineage just really, really intrigues me. Um, the somatic work that I do in the sexological body work is very Egyptian inspired. And so the the process that I was trained under the methodology, and I'm sure we'll get into it, it's a combination of somatic therapy and sexological body work. And in, in, in ancient Egypt, there was this rite of passage, like in an initiation into your womanhood. And you were worshipped and treated as the goddess and your body was treated that way. And it was kind of like the standard that was set, like, this is how a man treats you and this is your body is a temple. And so the Egyptian lineage just really, really inspires me. And I, I feel like my body really lights up with that energy. And so Isis is is a goddess and from the Egyptian lineage. And she was also the wife to Osiris. And so I love her energy and what, what she stands for. Wow. This is incredible. Wow. I've never thought about this this way, but yeah. Awesome. Okay. I'm just Googling her out. So everybody listening, you better Google ISIS. I'm just looking at Wikipedia and all of this. Wow. Interesting. Okay, cool. So my next question to you is, Julianne, what was the last thing you Googled? The last thing I Googled? Ooh, that's a good question too. I could check my search history. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you totally could. <laughs> Um, that's a good question. Actually, the first thing that comes to mind and, and how on point it is, is I was actually watching Wonder Woman the other night. And so I was looking up all of the stuff about Wonder Woman and the actress. And, um, it's really cool if you have not seen it, but the new one is all around like the gods and Zeus and, um, it's really cool. That was was the last thing. Yeah. Do you mean the new Wonder one? Yep. Oh, I didn't know it came out. You know what? Wonder Woman, I went to see it and I honestly, I, I was disappointed by the first one. I was mm. like, ah. I was disappointed a bit by the actress. I mean, I, you know, she's, I mean, obviously she played it really well, but it was like, it was one of those obviously Marvel movies from, I mean, this is my own experience. And I was like, yeah, you know, I mean, I, I would love for her, I would love for her to play that role, but also stand side by side with a, in polarity with a masculine superhero as well when they conquered mm. the world together playing their issue of their strengths you know but totally totally I, I get the message yeah what did you think did you love the movies I didn't finish it yet, but I do love your reflection <laughs> on it and having the team aspect in there. I feel like with this huge shift that we're going through collectively there's such a uprising of these 
divine unions and these conscious relationships and partnerships that are really initiating, I feel a lot of left healing and just holding a lot of space and being guides in this work because I think that so much of our growth comes from relationship. Like everything is relationship, the way that we relate to our business, our body, our sexuality. And so that's really where the work lies, I feel. And I think that this this rise of conscious union is is so present and prevalent right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Okay, last question before we get into the normal interview. What was the wildest thing you've ever done? Wildest thing I've ever done. Mm. I mean, it's pretty wild, Julianne, that you post almost naked pictures of yourself on Instagram <laughs> and totally owning it. I'm like, I don't think I'm ready for that, but this is where I'm going. Well, then you know what? I'm going to run with that. My last shoot that I did, we um, it's actually one of my team members. She's on my team. She's she's one of my best friends. Her husband is a photographer. And so he does a lot of like nude photography as well. And so we went out and we hiked in the mountains of Colorado and we got out there and made sure no one was around. And we did a naked shoot. And midway, I was like, I really want to get on a tree. I really want to just climb a tree and straddle a tree. And he was like, I mean, if you could do it and you're not worried, go for it. And I was like, fuck yeah, I'm, I'm doing it. <laughs> So that was how a lot of those photos came about. <laughs> oh my God, it's amazing. For everybody, I think you should go and check out Julianne as we're talking about her name. Her, your handle is Julianne Vaccaro. I know it's mm. a bit hard to spell, but I'm sure <laughs> people will, will find you. Um, so was that the wildest thing you've done? Climb naked on a tree and had a photo shoot? Mm, probably not the wildest. Um, I guess the second thing that comes to mind is... I moved to Paris when I was 19. I just quit my job that I was working at the time and up and left and went to Paris with a one-way ticket and um, thought I was going to stay there for a long while. I ended up staying like a month and a half and then came back to the States. Yeah. Wow. That's pretty wild. Yeah. I'm definitely a risk taker. Yeah. I want to ask you about your tattoos because I think, you know, the image that you like the tattoos definitely play into your whole brand identity and who you are as a woman. So What's up? What's up with the tattoos? I, I love them. I mean, I see that. So for everybody, I'm just looking at a photo of Julianne on Instagram and you'll totally get it once you get on her Instagram. There is like, you know, I think on your right hand, there is a woman and there is like, I don't even know how to describe it. And there's circles. I mean, obviously I have three tattoos and they're like totally, you know, vanilla compared to yours. Uh, but I love it. that like you have tattoos on your thighs and you have this like, how do you call it? So on your left leg, which is uh, like a high thigh stocking. Yeah. Tell me about that. Yeah. My tattoos have been a journey and I do, I think they've definitely tied into my, I want to say identity. I mean, I'm not attached to them and, and honestly don't really like think about them that much, but I do, I think that that's a lot of the feedback that I get and it started out as just kind of body art. I actually went to school for fashion and art to begin with. And so I was always very creative and was a was an artist for a long time and wanted to go into fashion. And so I went to art school while I was in high school to really prepare my portfolio. And then I went to the School of the Art Institute of Chicago here in, in the States where um, I was going to just major in fine arts. And I quickly realized that wasn't for me. But I think a lot of my creativity is displayed through my content, my platforms, um, the, the art on my body. And so it started out as just me having these ideas and visions of tattoos and works works of art that I wanted on me. And so I'd kind of um, bring it to my my cousin who has his own tattoo shop back in New York. And he would put together the graphic and, and tattoo my body. And then it just started to collect and grow. And now it's kind of formed into this this work of just like the divine feminine all over me. Um, it started out with mandalas and 
I have a Buddha on my left arm and then above, above that, above her is a very, just like very celestial goddess. And then I just actually got Isis on my hip on my other side. So that's oh, probably the one <laughs> with the circles. Yeah. And then um, I'm going to, I'm getting a tigress, a, like a woman in a tigress headdress on the other side. So kind of just playing with all the archetypes and um, the energies of the divine feminine and what really draws me in and wants me to lean in even more. Wow, that's incredible. All right. Mm, I'm, I just can't stop looking at your photos. It's so beautiful. I like how you embody that like fiercely, you know, without thinking like, oh my God, what if I don't want that? You know, mm. a lot of people, when they get tattoos, they're like, oh, what if I'm going to regret it? I mean, I have three and I never regretted any one of them. So mm-hmm. I guess it's like the more you know yourself, the more true you are to who you are and your mission and your identity, then, you know, the easier it becomes. And you're like, yeah, I want it. Let's do it. And you just enjoy. Totally, yeah. Yeah, okay. So let's get into your story, Julianne. So I'm curious, and I know there's so much to it. We already got a glimpse into it. I didn't know you went to fashion and art. And yeah, I can totally see how your profile and your work embodies those qualities that you have. Okay, so tell us, how did you go from an ex-bodybuilder being uber-masculine into like embracing your divine feminine? Yeah. All right. Story time. (laughs) Story time. So I'm going to, I'll take you through my journey and kind of all of my main turning points. I love to kind of share it that way. So I started out in the health and fitness scene about nine years ago. And um, I, I originally started because I wanted to just really master health, health and wellness. And I was actually going to, I had just finished um, fashion and art and decided that wasn't going to be my path. And I wanted to get into the health space. So I figured, okay, I'm going to be a registered dietitian. And I feel like then, like almost a decade ago, it there was a different it was a different paradigm we were living in. And I think this is a lot of what we're shifting out of now. And I'm talking a little faster to get mm-hmm. to all of it. But I think at that time it was very much about, you know, university and you need to have this and a government job. And th- and and that was kind of that's been the shift that we've been shifting out of. And so there was a lot of push from family and outside external feedback of go just be a registered dietitian. You'll have that to fall back on. And there was just this inner intuition that kept saying, no, you're not going to sit in the desk and you're not going to work by those standards. So I decided not to go that route. And I went to training and practitioner training to be a holistic health coach. And that just threw me right into the field of health. And I learned all about the different dietary theories and so much about spirituality and really being in your own agency and sovereignty. Um, And it was a huge awakening for me. And I was about 20 or 21 back then. And it was great. But there was this inner part of me that was really doing it because I just wanted to feel whole. I wanted to fix myself. And I was a huge, huge perfectionist. And those of you that identify with perfectionism know that it pairs a lot with extreme behaviors and procrastination. And so I went extreme into the health of fitness and I tried every single dietary theory and diet fad that was out there and like macrobiotics, paleo, um, South Beach, Atkins, grain-free, like everything under the sun. And it was great because it gave me so much experience and I landed on raw veganism. So I was raw vegan for about three years and I loved it. I thought I was doing the absolute best thing that I could ever do for my body. I was going to local farms and buying everything organic and I was juicing every day and I was taking smoothies and supplements and about two and a half, three years into my raw vegan journey, 
my body just crapped out on me and I was losing my hair. My hair was just falling out. I was gaining weight. I was sleeping 12 hours and had no energy. It just, I had no motivation. I had no libido. And I started working with an oriental medicine doctor and found out that I had really severe adrenal fatigue. And um, that was kind of turning point number one for me because I quickly realized you can eat organic, you can eat as healthfully as you want, but if it's not right for your specific body type, it might not work for you. That's part one. And then part two is if you're not looking at all of who you are, the mental, spiritual, emotional, sexual health of you, like that soul side of things, then again, you can eat all organic, but it doesn't just matter what what you're putting in your mouth. So I started eating right for my body type and started to heal the adrenal fatigue and found fitness. I find it's amazing what you're sharing. When you say I started eating right for my body type, what does that mean? Sure. So for me, I personally, I thrive on animal proteins. If there's any diet or diet, you know, approach that I really love. It's the blood type diet and Ayurveda. And according to those, me being an O blood type, I thrive on animal protein. I don't do well with grains. I don't do well with starches. I love seafood and high fats. So I, through that process, I learned that, Mm. you know, there, there's just no one way of doing anything. So again, you can eat organic and you can do it exactly the way that you're supposed to be doing it. I mean, I was, I was getting tested. I was doing it right. But for me specifically, I crave and and thrive off of animal protein. And that's not for everybody or for every body type. Does that kind of answer your question? Mm -hmm. Yeah, got it. Okay, cool. What happened next? (laughs) So I found the world of aesthetics and fitness and I looked at that and was like, that'll be the thing. And so I went and became a a registered yoga teacher. Uh, I was doing boxing. So I started teaching kickboxing and boxing. I worked at UFC gym for about four, four years. And I found the world of bodybuilding. And I was like, that's going to be the thing. I will eat chicken, broccoli, and rice for the rest of forever. And I don't care as long as I just have that body. So I started out again with that really extreme behavior. Just I'm curious, what was it? What was it in body? I mean, do you feel like you've been living from your masculine energy? I mean, it's kind of obvious, but I don't want to put any labels on it. And then what was about bodybuilding? That, Like to me, when I think about bodybuilding, it's the last thing that I would ever want to do. So bodybuilding definitely has the 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 understanding of like really huge muscles. I was doing bikini and figure competitions, which is in the world of bodybuilding. But I think that um is it okay if I actually answer your question towards the end? Because I'm gonna tie it all back in. <laughs> okay, yeah, sure. I have so many questions, but you don't have much time. So yeah, sure, sure. Yeah. No, I love it. So Let's so I think it. when I it was all around the perfectionism. It was me wanting to have this mm-hmm. perfect perfect body. Seeing the women in bikini competitions, they were super lean. They had big big breasts. They had big glutes. They were beautiful. They had long hair. And and in that world, there was a beauty standard. And so I was chasing this idea of, of, of perfection. And it actually was quite feminine. But the approach had nothing to do with feminine polarity. It was, it was about sacrifice and rigidity and discipline and, um, mm. and structure. And so I, I was in that world for about three years and lost all of my holistic practices and all of my eating disorders that I thought I had healed had come back. My relationship to myself and my body were totally destroyed. I got my adrenal fatigue back. I had digestive issues. I lost my cycle, my period for over a year. And so there was just one, this was turning point number two for me where I was just like, who are you doing this for and why? So I I threw in the towel. I competed in my last show. I did about six or seven competitions and decided, okay, you need to really start 
to work on this relationship with yourself because you're dying on the inside. I was struggling with substance abuse and everything. And so I started to really look at my relationship to food. I started with what was right in front of me. And so as I started to heal those layers and really heal the eating disorders and the adrenal fatigue and the period and my digestive issues, I started to see the space to look at relationships. And I found myself in abusive relationships over and over, ending in in the court system. And one specific relationship ended with a pregnancy and a sexual trauma that locked me out of my body more than I ever knew before. And so it was this deep, deep wounding in my womb and this lack of safety in my body that I had truly never experienced. And it was the greatest gift because it just cracked me open to look at my childhood trauma, but to also learn about my sexuality and about the feminine. And I needed that really big universal spirits, you know, just hand to be like, hey, you have to look at this. And I I don't know if I would have ever ended up in sexuality if it wasn't for that, because there was so much charge there and there was so much shame and guilt and misinformation about what it means to be a woman in her power and her sexual power. And the, like you said in the beginning, you know, how it's tied to your abundance and your receptivity and prosperity. So just to answer your question there about why bodybuilding, I think that for me, it was always stemming from sexuality. It was the craving and the desire to just be enough, to be sexy enough, to be erotic enough, to be sexually skilled, to know how to just do everything in the bedroom. And so I fixed myself or tried to fix that problem through nutrition and movement because that was what I knew how. And as, again, that journey continued for me, I realized that it was it was such a deeper rooted issue. But I think that that journey and from what I see with so many humans, men and women and all genders, is it stems from sexuality because our sexuality is the strongest energy that we have available to us. And there's so much um, power in that. And I think there's so much societal programming under that, that I think that if we all really looked at our sexuality and healed that and expanded in that, we would have the freedom that we're after. Wow. There's so much in there. You talked really fast. So I'm just trying to like metabolize <laughs> everything. I'm like, whoa, this was the, this was a force. I'm like, I got to fit it all in. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay. Let me just summarize it quickly and then I'll ask you a few more questions. Please. Oh my goodness. Okay. So your story is that, you know, you went into fitness. Well, basically you didn't want a job. You went to the fitness. You've done a lot of different things. Like it's amazing how you're a dietitian and a yoga teacher and a holistic health coach and then boxing and all of these things. Wow. Abusive relationship, like, you know, the pregnancy and the sexual trauma. What a journey, Julianne. Mm-hmm. What a journey. And, you know, now that you're talking about this, you know, I'm just thinking, and it makes a lot of sense what you're saying in terms of what what does it mean to be a woman in her power? Mm-hmm. And then you said, you know, sexuality is the strongest energy we have available to us. And so healing that leads to freedom. I think a lot like this is such a foreign concept to a lot of like most people, you know, Western women today, because you like, you know, it didn't come to me right away. I You don't see that connection right away. I, I do agree with you. And when I, you know, now that I know your story and I look at you on Instagram and I can see that you're just like, you know, you are totally in, in I don't like the word, in your power. Everybody's talking about these words, you know, so I try to stay away from like these big words, but you, you totally own who you are. 
you know, in your body and just that is freedom to me. That is liberation. Mm -hmm. So perhaps let's talk about what, and I love that you mentioned ISIS in the beginning because I'm also very much inspired, you know, so we live in a very complicated world today, obviously, like, you know, masculinity is toxic, me too, all of that. And when I find women like you, it gives me a lot of hope. It gives me a lot of, you know, just joy, you know, to, to, to see another woman who's like, no, fuck that. I'm in my power. Nobody can give me permission. I'm not going to wait for men to respect me, to give me mm-hmm. what I need in order to be myself and own my sexuality and put up my boundaries. Like, no, the, the way to do that is through me. And that's what, when I'm working with women, I'm like, it all starts with you. You know, mm-hmm. men adjust their behavior to the women that they're with and the right. boundaries that women are setting. And then they come to the realization like, oh my God, everything starts with women. When women respect themselves and they stand in their power, as you mentioned, in their sexuality, if we even if we go deeper, this is it. This is everything. And I love what you're saying, that if the world healed that, then that would be freedom. Yeah. Hi, girlfriends. Sorry to interrupt. Uh, you're listening to the episode. But I quickly wanted to jump in and let you know that I have prepared something exciting for you. If you're interested in polarity, femininity, and how to embrace your feminine and how to attract primarily masculine men in your life, this announcement is going to be very useful for you because I'm talking about my signature uh, training. Uh, I'm like, how do I describe this experience? Because it's really an experience, you know. This is a signature training, my one-hour webinar that I've put together. And it honestly, it's it's been through a few iterations in the last two years. But I feel like this is the best yet training of mine that didn't come from, you know, reading two books and three courses and like coming together in a copy-paste thing that I now advise women to do. No, this has come from me, my own lived experience through my dating life and through finding and attracting the masculine men of my dreams and then marrying him and creating a family. This also came, yes, indeed, from a lot of research and learning and courses and coaches and, oh my God, you name it. You know, it's been a, it's been a journey of five years for me about that time. And also this has come from my clients. So the previous training, how is this different if you've signed up for another training of mine? which was the live female success, by the way. This is different because this is now coming through a distillation of my work one-on-one with women who I've helped get to that place where they're just attracting better men and they start attracting better masculine men and are on their way to actually to a relationship eventually. Not only masculine, but also masculine committed men. So if you are in a situation where you're attracting men that are less than desirable, let's say they're feminine men who don't want to lead, don't want to take charge, and men who are unavailable, then this training is for you. I will have to call all this training, how to start attracting your masculine committed men, basically in 30 days or less. And in this training, I will share with you some of the key things that I've learned throughout this journey that are helping. That's what my work with women is based on. So in this 60-minute training, you'll find the number one reason why you're still single and can't attract a committed masculine men. It's not what you think. How to break through the panthers of attracting unavailable or feminine men, as I said, and find your blind spot so you can attract the men you want. How to master the feminine masculine polarity so you start feeling taken care of, 
claimed and finally be able to let go of control and uncover the lie of female success that's keeping you stuck, exhausted, and unfulfilled, which means in masculine energy all the time. So you can start living in freedom and joy and much, much more. So if you're interested, go to girlskill.com slash webinar, sign up, and I can't wait for you to see this training and to let me know how it went. And by the way, there are no replays for this. So make sure you select the time that you can show up and be fully present. All right, I'm going to jump off and you continue listening to this episode. My next question to you, like, what would that be? Mm-hmm. I guess, well, tell us about what is your version or how do you live your life as, as a woman? I know you're a practitioner and you work with other women, you're a coach. What in your vision is a woman in her power today, considering the context, you know, of, of, of the modern world, especially with everything happening out there? Mm. Such a big question. I'm just taking a deep breath into that because I think there's, <laughs> it's, I feel that it's so simple yet there's like a complexity Mm. to it. Like the simple, simplified version, I feel the answer is like being so connected to her truth and standing in her truth, no matter what the outside world says. I feel like that is my definition of what a woman embodied in her power is because from that place, you can go anywhere. And anything that comes forward to you in your life experience if you are connected with your truth, your spirit, you know, universe, whatever you believe in, the bigger power, like you can take any of those things on, but you're also in the knowing that they are for you. And you're also in the trust that whatever happens, it is always for the highest of good and that you have exactly what you need to move through it. And so I feel that a big part of my work is getting rid of all of the noise, all of the distraction, the voice of the ego, the voice of knowledge, the patriarchy, all of these things out, out of the body, out of our heads, and opening up the space to really drop into our bodies, into our pussy as women, where the intuition lies, where our power lies, where the information lies, like the body always knows. And we live in a society that has just taken us further and further out of our power, not just women, men too. But I think women feel it so much and so deeply because yes, we are the feelers. We are the ones that are deeply connected to source, to that infinite intelligence. And yes, we all have power, but again, that is that is the feminine. And so I think that why we feel it so deeply is because it takes us and rips us out of our self-trust. And so we're in this constant battle between the knowing of who we are, like it's there, And we see it and we feel it. But then there's also this other side that's like, well, can I really trust that? Can I really be that? Mm -hmm. Will I be accepted? What will happen? What if I take up too much space? Do I really have permission to be that big? That's the biggest thing that I see with clients is their fears are also our goals. We want this huge existence. We want to take up space. We want to be empowered in our sexuality. But there's fear there. Because the world has also shown us that it's not safe. So what does it mean to be an empowered woman? I think it's, again, being exactly who you want to be and ridding yourself of the identity of who you think you are to make the space to really be whoever it is that you want to be in each and every moment. You know, like when I went through my big somatic healing and awakening, I think that it was so different than any kind of talk therapy or logical processing or yoga or meditation because it was, oh yeah, like this is who I am. I remember now. And it would be like, cool, you wake up in the morning and who do I want to be today? 
Like, who do I want to embody today? It's still me at the very core, but there's choice. So it's like, again, clarity clearing away all of that noise and making the room to to be all that you get to be here in this human experience. Yes. <laughs> simple, simple, yet very, very complicated. And I think a lot of women listening, they like they feel the resonance and I do feel the resonance. And obviously like I work with other women and they come to me and they come to you, Julianne, because we, well, I don't know if it's 100%, but like we get it and we embody that ourselves. And so perhaps they're inspired. They want a bit of that. They want to learn. You know, they want to feel that resonance. Um, that's why they come to women like us who, I mean, you know, it just, just so it happened has been our journey. Uh, and for me, this was the truth. You know, once I just said fuck off uh, to everything that society, parents, I mean, you know, won't go into the reasons of conditioning and, you know, ancestral trauma. And I know you talk about sexual trauma for generations, all of that. Once I got rid of the noise, I liberated myself. And now I'm like, I'm just me. And it's so easy to be me. In fact, what really helped me do that is pregnancy. And I remember when I was in second trimester, just the realization that my body can grow a human and just looking at that and feeling like everything faded away. I, I, I understood it in that moment. I understood the polarity, the masculine feminine relationships. I understood what my role is here. And I understood that my body, I don't need to do anything. My body is built to do this. It's designed to create. And as a woman, I just, you know, I dropped into that more and more. And, and the more I let that go, the more I got connected to my sexuality and who I am and my own body. So anyways, it led me down to a lot of um, events like that. But I love your description. Yeah, it's a woman who just is being what, what she wants to be um, and is just doing what she wants to do without all of these noise and layers. Now, the question is, Julianne, of course, like, all right, sounds great, but how do we do that? you know, on a, on, like a, on a practical level. And I know you do this through somatic work. So for women listening right now, I mean, obviously they're going to go check out your work, but like on a practical level, what is something, maybe two to three things, small things or something that could really shift someone to, you know, do something or reminders or something very practical that a woman can do to get closer to that? What would you say? Yeah. Love it. Okay. So the the first thing that I would recommend is self-pleasure. I mean, pleasure is everything of the feminine. And we've actually, like the paradigm that we're moving out of, that we've lived in for so long, has been this message and deeply embedded understanding that pleasure and joy and play do not take the front seat. Like you don't get that mm -hmm. unless you do these other things and they're like punishable. And so this shift into the matriarchy and really remembering who we are as souls having a human experience is putting your well-being, your happiness, your joy, your bliss, your pleasure first. And I think that awakening your feminine has so much to do again with pleasure, but also your sensuality, your sexuality. And I think there's a difference there that's important to just note is the difference between sexual pleasure and sensual pleasure. And pleasure is available in all of it. It's, it's, there's pleasure available in the anger, in the sorrow, in, in your rock bottom, in the frustration from your partner. Like there's pleasure available in each of it. Our cells are wired equally for pleasure as they are for pain. And so I think that the more that we can really experience our pleasure and experience ourselves, the more that we are able to, to choose that and, and be in that frequency, even in the struggle, even 
when we're being challenged, when we're being tested. So putting pleasure first. And that's kind of a brand model that was passed down to me from one of my mentors is just pleasure first. Like you wake up out of bed, just, you know, touch your body. How does your body feel? And again, it doesn't have to be sexual, but it can be sensual pleasure. When was the last time that you warmed up some coconut oil or had a massage bar and just really felt your body, like felt every inch of you and really just feeling the aliveness in that. I think so often we outsource pleasure and we outsource our needs, especially sex. Or when we are participating in our own solo sex or self-pleasure, it's often this like quickie thing. Like, let me just grab my favorite vibrator and go for it. And there's no shame. I do that. I've done that. And, and that's okay. But it's the same thing with your partner, right? Sometimes it's short and it's quick and other times it's long and there's there's more depth and there's more connection. So I think when I think of self-pleasure, it's really connecting with yourself and connecting with your body. And a lot of times it will lead into sexual pleasure and that's beautiful, but really awakening the body in all of it, like feeling everything that's available. So that would be the first tip. The second tip thing that comes up for me is nature. It's huge. Again, like all of these are, are feminine, are connected to the feminine. The feminine is everything. It's the dark. It's the dark. It's the black holes, the abyss. And and I think that being in nature, you learn, you learn so much. And there's so many lessons to take away from that. Even if it's just being in the stillness, experiencing mother nature. I think something I've been talking about lately is just like mother nature doesn't quiet herself to make others comfortable. You know, I talked about the fear of being really big. And if you look at mother nature, she doesn't tame her emotions when she's feeling something. She throws a storm and she throws it big and loud and we we have to be in it and we learn to be in that. And so I think there's so much to learn when it comes to nature. And I think that's also really learning to plug black it back into ourselves and into our intuition. So that's the second thing I always recommend, like just opening your legs, opening your legs to the world, like sending out that vibrational frequency of, yes, I'm here to receive, right? Like anatomically, we as women are receivers. So yes, I'm opening to receiving the love, the pleasure, the money, the clients, all of it. Um, and so being out in nature, sunning your yoni or self-pleasuring in the woods or something like that. I had a friend of mine tell me she climbed a mountain the other day and she self-pleasured on the top. And I was like, yes, it's amazing. <laughs> yes. And then number three would have to be dance. It would have to be dance because I think, you know, we mentioned yoga and meditation before and there's always this aha moment that my clients uh, have when I tell them that those practices are still masculine. Like those are still masculine mm-hmm. practices. They're still very rigid and disciplined and there's not much flow in that. And so how can you create a self-practice for yourself that allows the space for flow, that allows the space for your own intuition and your own pussy to guide you? Is it a self-pleasure practice or is it a dance? Is it singing? Is it just... Is it just lying on the floor in stillness? Is it listening to music? Is it coloring? Like really giving the space to play, to be a kid and to make your rituals feel really juicy and yummy. So those are my three things. There's so many more that I can think of, but I'll have to see them. Yeah, of course. I'm just going to repeat that self-pleasure. And I love that you're saying that, you know, it's not only sex, but, you know, it's also sensuality and pleasure is always available. Something that I talk about this as well. And, you know, the more we can experience pleasure, the more we open up all the other channels and put putting pleasure first. And then, of course, being in nature. 
you know, you're connecting to the stillness and to that. Like I crave nature, you know, I, I try to go every week, on, you know, on, on the weekend and just be in that. Cause that I just, I just, by the way, came back from a four day retreat in the woods. And, <laughs> oh my God. So there was no Wi-Fi, no nothing, just me. I went by myself, no husband, no baby. And it, mm. you know, like I just stopped and paused and, um, it was really interesting when I came out of that, I was just sitting on a train and I'm like, oh my God, I'm back into the world. And is this how I live every day with the noise, with the people, you know, with just responsibilities and notifications and posts and schedules? And I'm like, oh, that's really weird. Like, how do I navigate that? You know, and how do I really come back to myself from this noise, constant noise stimulation? And I can tell you, honestly, those four days, really really I think expanded my energy right after I came back like I enrolled three clients the next day into my program because I think like you know I really settled into my own body and into my resonance and I think we're going to go into a world where more and more we're going to just going to have to do that plug ourselves out mm. as much as possible um and there are beautiful places to do that so I love what you're saying and then Dance, yeah, dance and allow the space for flow, for feminine flow. And, yeah, when women hear, oh, yoga is actually a masculine practice, meditation is a masculine practice, and so they're like, oh, okay, how can you open up yourself? So I think our episode is going to be called, Julianne, Open Your Legs to the World with Julianne Zaccaro. I got it. I got it. All right. So the last thing, thank you so much for this, Julianne. And of course, like for all the women listening, I really recommend they follow you because you, you've got so much wisdom. Like it's in your body, it's in your cells and um, you, you can't like you, you have a lot of resonance to what you're saying and it's not, I can see and I can feel that it's not all mind-based. I mean, obviously theory is theory. You have it all knowledge and expertise and certifications, but you also very much embodying what you're talking about. So last thing I want to discuss before we finish. So what is that connection? You know, where is that connection with your sexuality and having the life that you want? And let's talk specifically about women. You know, women now crave, like all of us want abundance. All of us want success, well, in masculine terms, but also in feminine terms. And so you know, there are a lot of women out there who are very successful in term, in masculine terms. You know, they have the money, they have the career, they have the business, but deep down they're not embodied and they're completely disconnected from their body. And then sooner or later, those women get to where you were um, a long time ago, adrenal fatigue, burnout and all of that. And they realize I can't go like this anymore because I don't have the body built for it. I don't have the energy for it. And then, no. and then they come to women like us to work with us. So. I guess, yeah, I'm still kind of exploring where is that, why is it that when I connect to my pussy and my sexuality as a woman, I expand tenfold, you know, into my abundance, into my business, into my career. And I guess it relates, now that I'm thinking, it relates to what you're saying. It's being who you are. You know, tapping into that allows you to break through the barriers, I'm assuming, and through, you know, just those obstacles that like the sailing is smooth when you don't put that, that in front of you. Yeah. Well, so I think that, you know, Western society and culture has shamed the vagina. It's made, they've made jokes of it. They've made products off of it. We're supposed to smell a certain way and taste a certain way. And if you don't, you're this and there's labels and there's slang and there's expectations of the way that it should be. And it's lost so much of its sacredness. I mean, in ancient Taoist and Indian cultures and things like that, it was, it was worshiped. 
in those times, it was something that was the path to enlightenment. I mean, there was teachings and things like that, that if you just looked at a yoni, which is just the sacred word for, um, for vagina or vulva, it would just be that that would be, you'd eventually see God. You'd be enlightened if you were mm-hmm. to um, taste the the ejaculation, which is Amrita, which is really the nectar of the gods. You would again be enlightened. So I think that a lot of that has been lost along the way, and so we've kind of we've lost the sacredness. But to answer your question, like how is our success and our abundance and money and all of these things tied to it? Well, our our second chakra, our sacral chakra, is responsible for our power. It's the way that we relate to the world. It's our resiliency. It's our just our knowing of ourselves. It's our position, our fight or flight. So, and it's also our sexuality and our sensuality. So, it's about receptivity. The more that you are open. Like the more that you are energetically open and loose and open to receiving rather than this clenched, you know, control-based way of being, you open yourself to the abundance and the frequency of love and these higher level frequencies that allow you to receive and to manifest and to call in. So the tissue that's in your yoni is the same tissue that's in your throat. And there's direct lines that go from your yoni to your heart space. So it is biological as well. It's not just this woo-woo thing, but there's lines that connect that. So the more you are open in your sexuality, in your sensuality, the more voice activation you have, the more heart opening. So like the the yoni is really responsible for our confidence. It's a gateway to self-realization. It allows for bigger, like I said, self-confidence it alleviates depression. It's a direct link to our mental state as well. So there's more studies that are coming out now between that link between the the vagina brain connection. But there's so much there that when we turn that on, we turn on all of these other parts of ourselves that have been turned off because our sexuality has been something that has been so suppressed because of the power, because a woman in her power, in her sexual power, she's ungovernable. She, you can't detach her from the knowing of herself, right? She stands there so firmly in who she is. You don't get to tell her what to do. So that's, that's a threat. <laughs> that, is a, that is a threat. Yeah. Yeah. A woman in her power is ungovernable. I fucking love this. And I think a lot of the times, you know, I like, I don't like the words patriarchy and I think like everything has been so fucking exaggerated, but I really do think that the, the, the stems to men, because there are many men who are obviously in the patriarchy mindset, want to control women and stuff like that. I still believe that it's, it's in the minority rather than majority, which is what is portrayed today, but still the stems from it, like it takes mature, healthy, masculine men to stand in front of the Kali, you know, the goddess who can just, I mean, men know this about us. That's why there's a lot of, I wouldn't say fear, but well, fear in the immature masculine, but the mature masculine has gone his path and he's just standing there strong while we're like, you know, chopping heads and uh, we're ungovernable. So a lot of these things stem from fear, I guess, what women can do, the power that we we have in in the world. Yeah, beautiful. It's not something that's, that's spoken about, right? Unless you're going on this journey, you don't really find this information. And so I think for both men and women, there's so much programming within us that we're not even aware of. I mean, even myself, right? After unpacking a lot of this. And so I think that just speaking to what you said around men, it's it's so subconscious around the expectation of the way that a woman should be or the way that a woman should act and hold herself. Mm-hmm. And the same thing goes for men. 
Yeah, for sure. Okay. Well, unfortunately, we have to finish up here, Julianne. So for everybody listening, I should have you back so we can discuss and talk more. Uh, but for everybody listening, if they want to get to know you better, get to know your work and really get in touch with you, where can they find you? Sure. So like you said, Adam, my my main uh, platform and where I hang out most is on Instagram. It's at Julianne Vaccaro. Uh, my website is JulianneVaccaro.com. I have a whole bunch of free guides on there, one of which is a self-pleasure guide. So if you're on this journey or on this path, I'd highly recommend it's called Pump Up the Pleasure, everything that you need to know to feel confident in the bedroom. And I have a bunch of different offerings on there as well. So I'm the founder of The Goddess Approach, and there's a bunch of different programs in that. I love it. Thanks so much, Julianne. Before I let you go, one last question. What is the one book that has completely changed your life in the context of what we're talking about? What would you recommend? Hmm. I think my favorite book is Vagina. There's two books. One's Mm -hmm. Vagina, one is called Pussy. Um, But both of those have just really instilled me with so much understanding and learning and um, insight into this topic. So if you're interested in this, I would definitely recommend those those two books. I started reading Vagina. I didn't finish it uh, because I got pregnant and everything was like going (laughs) crazy, but I'm going to go back to it. Mm. All right, Julianne, this was amazing. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. I'm sure we'll talk again. Um, For everybody listening, I'll have all the links uh, to what Julianne mentioned um, to the books and to her stuff. So yes, here is where we end, unfortunately. Thanks so much. Thank you. Hi, girlfriends. I hope you enjoyed this episode with Julianne Vaccaro. Definitely check out her Instagram and read the books that she's recommended. So if you enjoyed this episode, I'd really, really love, well, first of all, share it with a girlfriend of yours that would really benefit from our conversation. And thus, please, that's going to help me help you charge your karmic energy and uh, (laughs) charge your karmic energy, pass this around and create a better world for all of us and i would love for you to leave a review and a rating on the podcast Uh, we have more than 130 reviews now on the podcast so please please uh, leave a rating and a review and i'd love love to hear from you and i'll read that on the podcast as well when i remember to do so all right keep running with the wolves and i will talk to you next week thank you bye All right, girlfriends, hope you enjoyed listening or watching to this episode. And if you did, and if you resonate with most of the things I'm saying, and you want to learn more, and you want to finally start attracting masculine men, I have an invitation for you. So as you know, I am committed and passionate about helping successful women attract and keep committed masculine men. So I have a personal invitation for you. If you're resonating with everything and you're ready to step up and invest in yourself and take things to the next level, I would love, love, love to talk to you and see if you would be a fit for my work and what I do. And so basically what I'm doing is I'm inviting you and it's a personal invitation If you, only if you resonate because I don't work for, with everyone and I'm not here to just, you know, make a quick buck and whatever. I'm here committed to your result and I will make sure that we go until the end and that we get you the result that you want which is start attracting better men so 
I invite you to sign up to actually apply for a free discovery call with me. It's a call that is one hour long. And what we do is we talk about your current situation, where you are today, and what's wrong, quote unquote, wrong with your dynamics with men, what you don't like. And then we're going to talk about what you really want and where you want to get. And at the end, if I find that that's a good fit, I'll tell you what I do and I'll offer you to join us and uh, how we could work together. So just to give you a bit of context, this is this experience is all about and what I'm going to offer to you, only if I find that that's a good fit, is about, number one, putting yourself in the best position to start attracting committed masculine men. And not through tactics and techniques or tips, tricks, whatever, but just by being you and understanding and appreciating men, thus creating a deeper relationship with yourself as a feminine essence woman and attract better committed masculine men. Number two, it's all about letting go of overworking perfectionism and the need to control by overcoming your limiting beliefs, patterns, and obstacles to rediscover your worth and enoughness and rebuilding your faith in your own voice, in your own decisions, and exploring your boundaries and so on and so on. Number three, it's all about letting your body lead, stop overthinking, and start trusting your gut and your heart when it comes to making decisions, expanding and embracing your range of emotions, cultivating sense of awareness and pleasure and feeling more without apologizing for it. And I know if you're here, you understand and you know that the path to your masculine man who is a conscious, healthy man is through you, is through embracing your feminine nature, is through running with the wolves and embracing your wild feminine side and actually gaining power from it. And a healthy masculine man will only be attracted to that if you get to that place yourself. And last but not least, it's all about becoming deeply connected to yourself as a woman. Understand what true femininity is exploring deeper levels of intimacy, and finally becoming free, lighter, and open. Embracing basically the feminine side of polarity, because again, this is what your masculine man wants. And it's all about stop living in the masculine energy by pushing, doing, and choosing all the time and start living. Enjoy freedom and your wild nature where you can surrender, where you can finally let go. Trust me, this is an amazing place to be and it's easy and joyful and it feels natural and feels like a woman. So if you resonate, go to girlskill.com slash apply and there's going to be a short survey, step one. Just apply there and then the next step is to schedule a call with me. It's going to be an hour. We have fun on this call, so I hope to see you there. And my my calendar is booked for another, I mean, booked. My calendar is open for another week. So go ahead and do that. If you don't see times that are available for you, make sure you email me because I'll always make time for you to make sure that you get your spot. All right, girlfriend, keep running with wolves and I'll see you next week. Okay, bye. (laughs) 